Hey everybody, it's Dr. Swetha, life, career, and soul coach. And boy, do I have a treat for you today. If you are somebody who is feeling these yearning in your heart, um, feeling your soul calling you to make a change in your life, maybe quit your job, or someone that's going through an identity shift, but you're constantly feeling torn between the practical and your heart, and you just don't know how to navigate that journey, I've interviewed a client of mine that I've been working with for the last four years. Her name is Dagna. And we share her journey of going through this identity shift, this career change, and learning how to be courageous and follow her heart and honor her soul and trust the process. We talk about how um, taking how she took a leave of absence from her job before she even knew what the next step was and how she did that. We get into the details of what to do during uncertainty. We talk about how you start to trust the process, um, and we talk about co-creation how to give yourself space to reconnect to your soul and step into possibility, how to honor um, your needs as being a vital part of not losing yourself, and how to cultivate a courageous mindset so that you can honor your heart desires, so that you can co-create a life on your terms. So sit back, relax, enjoy this wonderful interview. It's both inspiring and there are you know, concrete, detailed <laughs> examples that we share. And I refer to a program that I have coming up starting the week of, um, starting November 8th, called Dreamcatcher, Reclaim Your Roots and Own Your Soul Voice. If you're inspired by this interview and you want to learn more about this program, you can go to www.drswetthecoach.com backslash dreamcatcher. Till then, enjoy. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I have Dagna here with me. And I brought Dagna on here because I've been um, sharing a lot. I just did a blog series, a three-part blog series. Um, and let me introduce myself for anybody who doesn't know me. I think most of you know me, but my name is Dr. Swetha. I'm a soul, life, and career coach and a story weaver. And Dagna has been someone that I've been working with for about almost four years now. <laughs> yeah. And I brought her on here because I've been doing this blog series about career changes and identity shifts. It was a three-part blog series that I did during the Festival of Navratri, which is the Nine Nights of the Goddess. And I was speaking about the various goddesses, Gali, Lakshmi, and Saraswati. And in my very first blog about Gali, she is the goddess of destruction. She is the one that um, is all about breaking things down that no longer work. And I referred to her in this process of what so many of us are going through, her career changes and identity shifts where the roles we used to play are no more in place. And perhaps that's showing up as beyond a career change, a divorce, becoming a mother, um, you know, reaching a certain age, relationships breaking up or relationships coming into place where you're in a, in a situation of being in family and that then you've always been a single person. <laughs> so there's a lot of different roles, you know, that we play in this world. And when something that we've been so identified with changes, it can feel really ungrounding. And I, what I wrote in this blog was that it's not just about, you know, not you know kind of messing up or things going wrong 
or you know, there's a deeper, I really believe a deeper thing that's going on for a lot of people because this is collectively happening. You know, when I left my career back in 2012, it was still kind of like a big deal, but now I'm seeing people left and right, leaving their careers, changing roles, saying like, this is not working for me, I want more. We're seeing it nationally in our political system. And I really truly believe this is a soul initiation. This is individual and collective call to something a request for us to come back into our wholeness, to bring parts of ourselves that we've not been able to accept because we've been too busy trying to fit a structure and a system of being somebody, filling a certain title, having a certain role, being accepted um, in structures that no longer work for us, that are not in integrity with who we are. And so things are breaking down. And as much as we, some of us are choosing this, they're happening to us, it can feel so scary and it can feel un ungrounding. And sometimes we don't know, like, it's like we want to follow our hearts, we want to weaken our passions, we don't know what they are. And then we have people to provide for, we have to be stable, we need to make money. So how do we navigate this? And so in my second blog series, I talked about Lakshmi. Lakshmi is a goddess of abundance and prosperity. And I talked about how we about we need to move into this place of possibility and that for many of us we tend to think that if I want to do this it comes at the cost of this so for example if I want to follow my dreams and my passions I have to like hurt my family or I have to you know by not providing for them and there's this kind of internal conflict that holds us that holds us back and so Lakshmi, you know, the way that <clears throat> I see her, that abundance and prosperity is moving into this place of possibility where we can have both and. Because <clears throat> I think for a lot of people who are seeking freedom, connection means a lot to them as well. And we don't really have, if we've not grown up in homes where we've, or communities or societies where we've seen that you can have both and um, without having to go against our own integrity or having to sacrifice, it's, we don't go for it. <laughs> And then the third um, phase that, uh, that I've talked about that I'll get into is about Lakshmi, and this is about co-creation. I'm not Lakshmi, sorry, Satisfati, and it's about co-creation. But before, instead of kind of explaining to this to you, I'd like to, to articulate it through the experience of story, because I think having tangible examples and having a story and having stories from a real life person who's been on this journey <laughs> um, is, so much more powerful and effective. And there's actually data that shows that when you see something as being possible, you've seen someone else do it, then it actually gives you more support to go for it yourself. And I'm tired of sharing my own stories. So I want to share other people's stories. <laughs> but I like your stories. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you, you've seen uh, from four years ago and, and I mean, obviously I'm with myself all the time. So I've definitely seen a big change from 10 years ago, from four, six years ago, four years ago now. So. Yeah. yeah. So Dinah, can you paint a picture for us of what, like what life was like for you, for you in, in just like what your day to day was like your, your roles and your positions and your way of thinking when we first met about four years ago? Okay. Well, uh, when we met four years ago, I was the operations manager, uh, for crunch and, um, fitness. Yeah. And, um, 
where I, I started there uh, back in 2005 as a front desk, just working front desk. And as time went on, I was just like, oh, I want to get to this title and this role. And I want to get to this title and this role. And I did all of that. And then all of a sudden I had my son, <laughs> which was surprise because I heard from three doctors I couldn't have any kids. And so that option was kind of, I thought was taken away from me when it wasn't. And I stepped away from crunch for a short time. And when I came back, I came back as the position under what I left as. So if that I was assistant general manager and then I went under as a manager on duty. And I was just I felt disappointed. I felt lost. I felt like I failed, even though I got my job back, you know, um, you know, and I wanted to get back to being operations. And then I got that, but I wasn't happy. Mm. I was not, I was just like, what is this? I'm getting up. I'm going to work. Um, I'm here, but I'm not here. And there's gotta be something more to this. I, I, so when I met you, um, I, I'm very good at feeling people's energy mm-hmm. and connecting. And I definitely like spending time with you and your son. Just, I was like, I, I, I felt like I, I needed to, to work with you. I started to just at the point where we met is when I started to realize that there has, there's this, there's other, it has to be other possibilities, but how do I get there? How do I do, you know, how does this work? <laughs> I didn't know how any of this works. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'd get up every morning and, and it was the same, same routine. I used to say being an operations manager, the place does not operate without you. It was literally like jumping on a running treadmill and having things thrown at you. And you're just praying that you stay on. <laughs> that sounds really stressful. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of people that resonate exactly, exactly what you're saying. It's, it's like they, there's this, thought that like if I can just get there then then life will be <clears throat> easier so that I can finally like do the things that I need to do right so if I mm-hmm. get that position or I get that title then suddenly like I'll have the security and I'll have the job and I'll have the so that I can like be and do this and then you get to that place and suddenly it's not what you think mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's becomes kind of devastating in a way because if if you put all this pressure on like this needs to happen for me to finally be able to be who I want to be in this world. And then, and that doesn't happen and you don't kind of see another way. Um, it can be heartbreaking. And, and this is kind of, you know, what I was talking about with the energy of Kali when we're talking about career shifts and identity changes, because it's, it's really so much more. It's so much more. It's a, it's a soul initiation of trying to bring forth more of who you really are that goes beyond a title and a role in these things. It, and so when we started to work together, one of the things that you have, and this has kind of been a common theme of yours every time we work together, is that like you want to travel the world. Mm-hmm. And specifically in that situation, you wanted to go to Lincoln, Nebraska to spend some time with your father and take mm-hmm. some time for yourself. And you had a son and you had gone through a divorce and so you had shared custody. And so you 
you know, didn't know how to, how would that be possible? How can I do mm -hmm. that? You have to pay bills, you have to take care of your son, et cetera. So can you share a little bit, yeah. you accomplished it. So can you share yeah. a little bit about how that happened? Um, yeah, I, I remember it vividly meeting with you. And it was like a Friday afternoon. And of course I was stressed like normal <laughs> and I, and I expressed to you, you know, I, I want to just take some time. I feel like I need to take time. I need to get out of here. And all I want is to take some time for me and spend time with my son. Time that I, I pretty much missed out on because I was just like in the role of operations, you know? And, um, and then you just came up with, well, why don't you just take a leave of absence? And it was like, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> it was, I, it was 444. I remember it was oh, on the right. <laughs> Remember you were later you were like, did you notice that the time was four four? I was yeah, I did. <laughs> you know, and it was like you know what? I didn't even think about it, and and you just kind of put that out there like, oh, just take a leave of absence, and I was just like, well, shoot, I really need to think about that because I was still in that. Well, I still need to make money. I still got to pay this. I still got to do that. I don't think they're gonna give me a month off and all this other stuff. And I just really I was, because there's so many people that are in that place right now. Mm -hmm. so I really want to kind of um, honor that space, right? Mm -hmm. And really just name that. It's not like, you know, you mentioned the 444 in the sign. So you were kind of like open to this idea, but it's not like you were, mm -mm. It, wasn't, it wasn't your foundation, right? It wasn't your right. foundation of like, I'm support. So 444 is one of the numbers that I share a lot about. My Goddess Wings group, which is on Facebook, if you <laughs> want to join it, if you're not already in it. And, um, and I didn't know this before either. So there's a learning curve, you know, I was a scientist before, but <laughs> at 444 is a number, it's a, it's an angel number of like, you are supported and mm -hmm. four is actually the number of stability. So it's kind of, I think, ironic that, you know, naturally the mind is I need to work and I need to provide to give stability, but your heart is saying I need space and I need to take a break. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And to me, that is actually stability of your sanity. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> health, your health, <laughs> right? Uh -huh. And I know a lot of people that, and, and this is what I wrote in the Kali blog, which is when the structures break down, our immediate thing, because of fear of grounding, needing certainty, is that we immediately go into um, a solution that is actually not the right solution for you specifically. And my encouragement and my invitation in that blog was to give space, mm -hmm. to give space for the right possibility to emerge through you. Space and, 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 and rest have played a very big role in this journey. Definitely. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I sit in silence a lot. <laughs> Were those easy things for you to do before? No, no, because I was too much in my head um, and, and, not, and not trusting the process. You know, I'm very open to signs. And so when I get those signs, then um, I feel confident enough to like move a little bit forward, you know. Um, and I kept putting that, that term of trusting the process, like on the back burner, I kept depending so much on, let me get a sign. Mm. And so now I'm actually in a place of like, okay, if I don't get a sign, I really just, I really have to trust the process because if I think about my life as a whole, I've been supported the whole time. A lot of the, most of that time I was blind by it. Mm. 
I was sleeping, so to speak. Mm. You know, it wasn't until four years ago until we started working that it was like, okay, now I'm awake. (laughs) And I tell that to people a lot. It's amazing to see how many people around that they're asleep with their eyes open. Yes, The Walking Dead. It's like mm-hmm. a reality. It's a reality show. They're so. <laughs> <laughs> just not zombified. <laughs> Eating All the people. people go to work. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands, right. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we, I live in New York City, where it's eight point three million people, and everybody's so close together, and we're all energy. So it's kind of like it definitely takes a strain on you with the day to day you know, workflow and you lose who you are in that process. Yes. Easily. People have lost who they are. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now let's get into the nitty gritty. So you were like, Oh, a leave of absence. Wow. I didn't know that was possible. And you were open to it. Okay. And so so what was, what was that process like? Um, so I, I took the first step. Um, I wrote a letter to my manager and before I wrote the letter, I meditated, uh, just, asked for guidance and, and just really breaking down what I wanted and why I needed this. And I was honest with her. I was like, I need to step away. I need this time. Um, and there was another letter that you wrote first. Was that afterwards? I can't, I, I, I I don't write a letter to God. I did write a letter to God. That was before <laughs> wrote a letter to God. And then I wrote her. <laughs> right. And I just, I want to name that because I think yes. that in, in, you know, try not to get caught up on the word God. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but the, the reason why I asked Dagna to do this is to really put in a request like of what, what she really wanted so that she could actually identify with it. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are operating from this place of like, I'm only going to ask for what I think I can get or what mm-hmm. I think I deserve to get. And by writing a letter, I, my intention with that was for her to just not, not hold back mm-hmm. right? and just say, this is what I want. And, and the idea is that there are forces that are bigger than you that are rallying for you. It doesn't mean that you are going to get exactly what you want. Okay. But what it does mean is that at least God, divine intelligence, the universe knows what you want. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. This is what this dream catcher program is that, I, that I'll be sharing about. But it's, you know, and essentially the last phase of this, which is co-creation. I call it a divine cha-cha where it's mm-hmm. kind of like it's, it's, it's a dance. It's really a dance of like, you know, you say you want this, you do take action towards it, but you don't try to control the process. There's this mm-hmm. level of trust. And when you find like that nice rhythm, it becomes, it becomes a really fun dance. That's not about performance. That's mm-hmm. actually really about enjoying the art of dancing. And so this was like an invitation of, of um, you know, dancing with the universe, dancing with the divine to say like, this is what I want in a partner, instead of just accepting whatever you can get. And that by getting that clarity, then I, then that helps when you have to show up and ask for what you want with like a real person that isn't a person of authority or that mm-hmm. has something that you want. Okay. Yeah. So I ended up, I ended up writing, writing the letter to God. I wrote a letter to my, my manager. And then I lo- I actually wrote a letter to my landlady because it was like, I don't have, I'm not going to have the money for rent. <laughs> 
you know, and I didn't know how she was going to take that. And she was like, you know what? You're such a good tenant and you always pay on time. Don't worry about it. So I didn't even have to pay my rent for the month I was gone. Because it, and, and, and that does not happen, especially in New York. Yeah. <laughs> it does not happen. Yeah. Um, and so, and my, and my manager was like, you know what? That, yeah, that's perfectly fine. You could take the month off. And it was just, everything was just working out. You know, I ended up, I was able to take my son to Nebraska and stay with my dad for a month. And that whole month, it was con- like just connecting with myself again. And then it was like, okay, I'm connected with myself. What is it that I want? What is the next step? What do I think I need to do? Mm. And it was like, like a reinvention. Mm-hmm while still being on a journey. <laughs> yeah. So Definitely. this is essentially that Lakshmi, right? It was like mm-hmm. that space mm-hmm. and allowing and waiting for like what is wanting to emerge. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, this is, I see this as like, there's what we want. And then there's also what our soul is wanting, which, and, and this is where I feel like being held by somebody who's been on this journey can support you because oftentimes we don't know how to like be able to give name to what our soul is wanting to experience because yeah. I'm like, all, like always up here. And I shared in that blog series about how like I had finally moved to New York and I wanted to travel the world as well. Mm-hmm. And I finally had the money to do it. And I took my first trip to Peru and then I was like, Oh my God, I was like, I invited to Brazil. Like, you know, I was going to go during December and then my mom got sick mm-hmm. and I ended up, um, having to go to India and she ended up passing away. And then when we came back, um, my family, the way we do love is we like move in together. <laughs> we just like come close <laughs> and we don't actually connect with each other. And so I moved to New Jersey um, because my brother was like, we need to live together. And my brother was working all the time. And my dad was like, I have my own house. Like, I don't want to be here. So I ended up being in a three bedroom apartment in the boondocks in New Jersey by myself. Mm. And it was crazy because when I reflected a few years ago, I was like, okay, that actually was my most peaceful time in my life, which is so counterintuitive to bustling New York where I'm having independence and money and, um, and been traveling around the world. And when I reflected on why it was because I, um, wrote a lot in my journal at that time to heal my, my losing my mother. And I started taking salsa lessons (laughs) and I found this, I had the most amazing community of salsa dancing. It just, it awakened me. And this was 13 years ago and dancing and writing is core to what, who my soul is, what my soul needs. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a priority. And it was only kind of this, this situation of being, of having space to really sit and be being forced to go within mm-hmm. that I was able to kind of honor my soul. I, I know a lot of people that like, I can't, I don't have time. I would say that I don't have time. I don't have time. I got to do this. I got to do that. Another thing I do remember is there was one day I was sitting at my desk and I just, I, I knew I wanted to leave. I wanted all I wanted was to be with my son. I never picked him up. I was always working. And you called me and you're like, I'm going to go downstairs and get a smoothie. You want to meet up? <laughs> and we met up and you're like, what's wrong? 
And I said, I just want, I just want to be with my son. I don't want to be here. And you're like, well, just leave. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, I can't just leave. I have work to do. And, and you were like, but it's going to be here tomorrow. Your work is what you're doing today is going to be here tomorrow. It's always going to be there. You know, that time, time is so important. I value my time so much now. Yes. You know, yes. and I remember I just went back in after we left each other. I went back in. I said, I'm leaving. I'll be back tomorrow. I didn't even say anything else. I just picked up my stuff and left. Uh, called my ex-husband. I said, look, I'm picking him up. I'm picking up our son. He's like, is everything okay? I said, I just want to be with him. He's like, all right, no problem. And when I got to the school, I sat in my car and I'm watching him play. And in that moment was like, everything is okay in his world. He's having so much fun. You know, and then I thought about like, I missed out on all of this because I was so wrapped in, wrapped up in, oh, well, I, I have to do this and I don't have time and I don't, you know, this has to get done and that has to get done. And I was like, you know, the stuff is going to get done and it'll get done when it needs to get done. Like, this is what I need right now. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of the best moments ever was pick, just picking him up, seeing him play wow. his surprise face when he saw me. <laughs> You know, and then I went back to work the next day and lo and behold, yes, all the work that I was doing was still there, <laughs> you know, you know, so I, I think that, uh, I know it's not easy. It's not easy to just step back and, and take care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all have the same time in a day, the yep. same time. Yeah. And that's yeah. why being in an environment this is why I say like you need help and you need mm-hmm. support. It is so hard to try to be different like, or be like live your truth when you are surrounded with people who are just wired into the system and just being the same. It, it's like trying to go uphill, right? But if you're in a community of people and you have mentorship and you have support right. of people who lived like this and who can see it for you, who can hold it for you, then, then it gives you courage to take a leave of absence, take the day off and mm-hmm. do something for yourself. And then when you have a positive experience, okay, that is what keeps you doing it again and again and again, right? And a positive experience that means so much to you. So for you, that was being with your son and seeing your son play. Mm-hmm. But allowing that positive experience to really sink into your soul starts to rewire your brain so that it starts to seek experiences like that instead of seeking experience of like, I got to get a lot done. I got to get a lot done. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting um, because, you know, I've been kind of coming back into the science. I love the science for a long time, (laughs) Um, but it's mind, body, spirit, and soul. It's like Mm -hmm. every part of us, we can't just do one thing and not the other. So I see a lot of people are very spiritual. I see a lot of people who are really into the health and the fitness stuff. And I see a lot of people that are maybe like into the mindfulness stuff. Um, and a lot of other people who like, I'll listen to my gut, but they like, I'm all listen to my heart because my heart isn't like gotten me in trouble before. And it's like, you gotta, it's like when all of those are in alignment and, um, and the brain is like a really big part of this. It's the, unfortunately the part that has the most control for most of us. So when we have to rewire the brain to be an advocate for our heart mm-hmm. and the way you do that is by getting support to take action 
to do the things that you want to do and then have a place of reflection and support from other people and from yourself so that it actually sinks in and mm -hmm. it becomes a way of living and this is essentially why I created Dreamcatcher, which is both a private and group coaching program, because I want to create that space for you to be able to go for whatever your dreams and your passions are. They're going to be different than mine and Dagnum's. Mm -hmm. Okay. So fast forward now you, yes. um, and then, and so then you took your month off, you came back to crunch and then catch us up. Uh, I realized that I didn't want to be at crunch anymore. <laughs> I wanted to do something different. I didn't know what that was. I just started putting my resume out there. Um, while doing that, um, I, I had, I've, I've had my t-shirt business since 2013. So there were times about that, about your passions and, and this. Oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm a huge music lover, love, love going to concerts, love music. Um, it's the one going to a concert is the one place where everybody's together for the same reason, just to have a good time. It doesn't matter age, religion, sex, political view, none of that. Everybody's there for the, that one thing and having a good time. <laughs> and uh, I really love hard rock and metal, which is not normal <laughs> because it's male-based genre. Um, but I feel comfortable. It feels like home. And also just, I think you've mentioned also because of your kind of background too, like your ethnicity and whatnot. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's not common to have, like it, if, if, if we're going to get raw, it's a male white base driven <laughs> community, a, a, a genre, metal, hard rock, you know? So being, you know, Puerto Rican Trinidadian from Bedside, Brooklyn, listening to this and just connecting with it and feeling like this is for me is I, I, I was always myself in that aspect, hmm. comfortable in that. I go to school with my leather jacket with patches all over it. And it was fine for me, but a lot of people would be like, well, that's not normal. That's a little weird, <laughs> but I was comfortable. Like, which is so interesting because there's a lot of conversation up about race and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. we posted something on Facebook that was talking about, there's just a lot about like white privilege, et cetera. And one thing that I've been seeing a lot is that I've been in spiritual circles of all white women and, and I've not actually had the thought of I'm the only white person here because it felt really good to my heart until mm -hmm. I went to a woman of color conference. <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly this veil of separation came mm -hmm. right and um and and it's interesting because i posted on facebook about something regarding someone canceled a workshop at a retreat center because it was like all white women it was only one black person and i'm and i'm and other people were commenting other people of color who they didn't they couldn't articulate this but it was it was, they never, if you're in a place that speaks to your soul, even if it doesn't look like it should because of the color of your skin or mm -hmm. the role you're supposed to play, right. um, then, then that, that, that means that you're seeing your, 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 your soul has no color. It has no, mm -hmm. identity, it has no role. It has no, um, you know, stats or anything like that. Your soul is your soul. And if you will find yourself in places that you shouldn't be in, um, that don't make sense. But if, and if you learn to honor it and make that first, where do I feel safe and where do I feel comfortable? This, then it, it's amazing what happens to your life because mm -hmm. you're honoring something deeper than the external shoulds, you know, and the, again, the impossible becomes possible. 
And just to yeah. kind of like articulate this even more, you know, when I went to Peru, I had just broken up an engagement like the year before and I felt mm -hmm. really devastated. And this Indian person, you know, all, blah, 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 blah. And <laughs> I made this pact that I was going to date non-marriage material guys. I actually said that. I'm going to date non-marriage material guys. And I go to Peru and I have a great time and I meet this guy. Could not be more than non-marriage material. Doesn't speak English. <laughs> lives like 8,000 miles away in another country, totally different religion, etc. But I connected to him. Mm -hmm. really connected to him and I'm going to give TMI here I mean I got physical with him and me being an Indian prude like you don't do that you know what I mean and so I'm going <laughs> to go against my own rules mm -hmm. and fast forward I mean it's 14 years you know we're married. Right. we've been married for 10 years we have a son together and so I'm sharing this because we're in a world of so much like, again, I'm going to set a goal from up here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to follow these steps and it's going to get me where I want. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you actually listen to your, you know, there was this one uh, meme that said, um, my mind says this, my heart says this, and my soul, my, my, my heart says I'm scared. And then the soul says, yeah, shut up and listen. I know <laughs> <path>. <laughs> I, know I remember when you posted that. I, that was great. It's, it's true. It's so true. It is mm -hmm. so true. How many opportunities, how quickly things happen when you are listening to the the desires of your heart, which are different than impulse. It's not mm -hmm. like this, this, there's impulse is quick and it's short and it's like, it's, it's still ego driven. Intuition is much deeper. It's more subtle. And then, and then it's, and it's connected to like, this is why we love, I love science so much because it kind of is this guidance of like, okay, well, this is the path. And it doesn't mean like, like if you see a sign like, yes, this is where you're supposed to go. There is mm -hmm. a process of stopping and reflecting and saying, well, what are you trying to say to me? Of maybe mm -hmm. I need to get rid of some habits so that this can happen, et cetera. Can you share a little bit about just your journey related to that? Um, well, I was trying to remember, I guess I, I got all. <laughs> Sorry. I <laughs> we, both, we both do that. We both get off track and then we get back on track and then it's like this is the feminine. She's single, and we were able to have conversations at the same time. And there is a through line that is the feminine. So you were talking about t-shirt businesses and how you use Yes. Them. Yes, yes, yes. Um so um it's it's so funny because we like my part my business partner and I created these shirts from just being silly, just being ourselves. Like he's a great artist. I'm the social butterfly who's always silly and funny. Um, I see the humor in a lot of things. As an only child, you have to amuse yourself all the time. So <laughs> I'm always finding humor in a lot of things and I love to laugh. So um, when you merge his artwork and my humor, and then we both love metal, we just started, we created these shirts that are parody shirts of non-metal axe it looks like a metal t-shirt but it's like a pop act or an r&b act or celine dion or tom jones or oh uh, we have a new uh, uh notorious big yeah based off of a, a metal group um also so um that business that we started it was so funny because it was really small and we would only sell at local shows. And then, you know, I never put myself out there with it because I was scared. I didn't own it. I didn't own, own it completely. Then 
it kind of stayed dormant. And then I just got, I get into these modes where it's just like, you know what the hell with it, whatever happens, happens. And I just go for it. So then one night I was like the hell with it. I'm just going to put it out there on a, on a, another level. And the next level was going on social media and creating the page and selling it internationally instead of just at house shows. And it just took off. And it was like, okay, then it was like, okay, this is a little bit hold up. <laughs> and I had to stop. And then I started up again. So, I mean, it's a back and forth, but it's still something that I still go back to. But that's always kind of been on the side while I'm trying to do the normal everyday nine to fiver, you know. And here I was at, at my job that I have been at for, excuse me, like 10 years. And I didn't want to be there anymore. I wanted to do something different. I didn't know what, though. I still didn't know what. Just putting my resume out there. And um, I ended up taking a job. Now, this is funny. I ended up taking a job. And I was like, okay, well, maybe this is something I'm supposed to do this. But it just didn't feel right. I did that job for one day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, at, 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 and during that time, I was like, do I really feel this in my heart? No, I don't. And as soon as I said, no, I don't, like I was talking to myself, I said, no, I don't. My phone went off and I had gotten an email about a job that I had applied for five months prior for an interview. Wow. And I went to the interview and I remember calling the, the job that I had taken the next day and said, I'm not coming back. I was unemployed for like eight hours, <laughs> the interview that I went to, and I ended up getting the job at Adafruit. Wow. So, okay. so I want to name this thing. There's actually a quote, I think it's, I don't know, was it? I, don't know I think it's by um, Ellen's wife, Portia de Rossi, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it says that, like, you know, um, I'm going to totally butcher it. But essentially, <laughs> like, you walk down a street, like a dark alley, where there's, like, a hole, and you fall in the hole, and it takes you 10 years to get out of it. Mm. And then the next time you walk down, walk down the alley, and there's a hole, and you fall in it, but it takes you, like, in your case, a day to get out of it. Right. Eventually you get to this place where you walk down the alley and you see the hole and you're like, I'm going down another street. I'm not going down that alley. <laughs> and that's essentially what this journey is. It's, it's a muscle of, of faith and honoring our honoring that what we want is what life wants for us too. And so I just yes. want to name that because like you were at crunch for a long time before you could give yourself permission to really go for what you want. And it's also really hard because that was my story too. Whereas the first three years I loved my job, mm -hmm. you know, but then, and, and I try to make it work for so long, but my breaking point was becoming a mother and then, and then not getting promoted, giving everything to this place. And they just couldn't see me. They couldn't, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it was really devastating, you know, and there was this conflict because I also got a lot of opportunity from that and it, but that was like, I was staying out of gratitude in, in a way and also fear and all these other things. You're right. So, and then similarly, same thing. When I started my coaching business, it went like my first client was to Peru. It was like going really fast. I wrote my book in two months, all of a sudden stuff happened. And then I couldn't hold it. Like I couldn't hold it. I, um, you know, they use the word self-sabotage. What I really want to name for everybody here is that it's not that we're sabotaging ourselves. There is a part of our soul that knows the process is really important. Mm -hmm. It's not just about the destination. And if the process requires me to go against my soul, it will not work. 
And so mm-hmm. on the outside, in our human mind, in our ego, it looks like I'm a failure. I'm not making it happen. But really what you're doing is you're, tr- you're actually honoring your integrity with who you are and your truth. And it's okay. And it's totally okay. But if you don't know that and people around mm-hmm. you are like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because all the people that love you that are trying to protect you get scared, right? Or your own internal voice, then you, you start to doubt that. But I want to name this for you. Like you not taking action, you not doing something. It's not always self-sabotage. Sometimes it's actually wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's wisdom. And you have to learn how to differentiate that. And that comes again. This is why I've created Dreamcatcher. This is mm-hmm. a playground a place for you to experiment with these things and to name your unique process and your unique energy and your unique way of of going about and creating the life that you want and and a lot of us are doing it unconsciously and and so i'm one of my gifts is being a translator and a namer and saying like oh this worked because of this and then you can then you then you write it down and you this is the way i operate like oh i get opportunity when i'm being friendly you know, I worked with a business coach and, and, I, and, and she kind of named for me something that I knew internally, but it, I thought it was wrong, which was being social is one of your mark, one of your marketing like tactics. That's actually, everybody always asks me, how do I get clients? And it's like, um, I go and play with my son in the park and I get into deep spiritual conversations with somebody and someone we start working together. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so counterproductive <laughs> to like, what you're supposed to be doing, which is sitting behind a computer and blah, blah, blah. But when you start to own it, like you were saying, like when you start mm-hmm. to own it, um, my marketing process is very engagement oriented. I need to be in, in conversation. I can't do webinars. It doesn't work for me. So really it's just about knowing yourself. Right. Right. The other thing that becomes a, a, a challenge is that when you start to do the, this process, whether it, it, yourself business wise, they always say, get uncomfortable, get uncomfortable. But then there's this thing of like, okay, well, if I'm doing this, how is it supposed to feel? What is it supposed to look like? <laughs> you know, there's been plenty of times where I'm like, okay, well, I'm, un- I'm uncomfortable, but I don't feel this in my heart. Mm. That's tricky. <laughs> it's tricky. It's, un- it's, it's very tricky. It's discomfort versus being like, it's uncomfortable versus being stretched. Mm-hmm. Two different things. Like it's uncomfortable because like, this is not right. Mm-hmm. Or this is like, this feels really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it feels scary because it means so much to me. Like, right. You know, you know, it's, and, and so again, this is why I love, I want to create a place of experimentation mm-hmm. where you get to play with these things and you start to learn your own sensations. So this program of dream catcher is not me giving you information and telling you what to do. It's like going out and taking action and coming back and reflecting on it. Mm-hmm. And naming your experience and, and this is you know something that's going to bring you to your next level yes yeah. other thing that I want to name and you and I were talking about this is that this there's no end to this journey no. <laughs> there's no destination <laughs> it is, uh, when you're on this path of living in your truth and living by your heart and living in your authenticity is it's it's actually circuitous it's a circle it's it's, it's this this is you know the spiral here, this is the feminine. This is how everything's actually created in the world. Every part of nature is created through this process. It's the Fibonacci sequence. It's um, everything's like, you're just going, it's like you're going, it's a spiral that's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and faster because your soul is infinite. Your potential of what you can create and experience in this world is infinite. And so when you know that as well, 
So this is like naming the roadmap and the plan for you. Then you, you don't start to be like, Oh, well, why, why, like why I was feeling strong and I was feeling confident. Why do I feel weak now? Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, cause you're up leveling. And every mm-hmm. time you up level, there's a new devil. <laughs> there is, you know, those same fears and those same worries that you always have will start to come up. And part of my process of and what's going to be in Dreamcatcher is really getting to know what your deep wounds are. Because if you know your deep wounds, then you can be able to support and soothe yourself through each up level. And, um, and, and this is really about integrating the emotions. Because if you don't feel safe to shine, if you don't feel safe to be successful, if you don't feel safe to get feedback and criticism, um, then you, you, won't, you won't keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. You'll stop. And I've done this plenty of times. I can't tell you how many times I've held myself back um, for like, I remember one time I came back saying, I want to be a speaker, right? I was like, I left pharmacy and I was like, I'm going to do this. And I want to speak about the heart and I want to speak about the soul and I want to speak about spirituality. And I came from a conference that was telling me how to do it. You got to do webinars and you got to do this and you got to do that, et cetera. So I was like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to yoga studios and I'm not going to say I'm a pharmacist anymore. And I, and I got called to go to my very first Kundalini yoga class in this brownstone in Brooklyn, very, it felt like a very unusual space. And the guy who owned the space was like, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a writer and I'm a blogger. And I have, at that time, my blog was called Make Your World Bigger. And he was like, oh, do you want to teach here? You know, you could do like a a series here. It was instantly (laughs) given to me. And I remember my mind could not like, it it just was like, so what did I do? I went and I did a webinar (laughs) that ended up not recording. Oh, no. (laughs) And I was so devastated and so burnt out. And I finally went to sleep and I was like, what the F was that about? And I heard say to me, you wanted something and I gave it to you. Why couldn't you just receive it? Because I had this wiring in my brain of I had to earn it. I have to Mm -hmm. earn it. And that comes from um, a message that I received that work is not supposed to be fun. Work is supposed to be hard. So many of us have that wiring, especially if you're an immigrant family, especially if you've grown up again, where you self-sufficiency came from, from doing hard work. Mm-hmm. It's very threatening to the ego, very threatening to the ego when you decide to go for pleasure and ease. When, when hard work and um, earning is so wired in your psyche, in your identity. Yeah. And so we have to integrate those in the way that you integrate it again is by having experiences get <laughs> soak in and being in environments where this is actually normal. Like other people are living like this or at least on the journey of doing that. So, okay. So then you left crunch eventually. Yes. You I love your job you, and you, and you, you didn't let yourself suffer more than for a day. Of, I don't <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> standards of what I'm willing to tolerate. It's like your self-worth, right? Is mm-hmm. like, and then your trust muscles of like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, I'm actually, I don't want this. And I'm, I actually am willing to trust and believe that I, I'm, I deserve to be happy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. And I ended up getting this other job and, um, something totally different than what I was doing. Um, working in a, a warehouse setting, and then uh, I became a manager within a month. 
I was at this job for two years and um, got uh, several promotions and raises and all this stuff. And I loved it. I loved working there. While I was there, though, I started to feel like I was losing myself again. Mm. I was like, okay, I'm happy. I'm doing this. This is cool. But this isn't what I want to be doing. Where do I go from here? Mm. And then the universe was like, okay, well, we're going to let you go. <laughs> so there was a series of things that led up in one week. But the fact that, the, that I had been working on myself for the last four years with you and uh, just having different tools and awareness helped me that week. Uh, and it was the, the first week of this year. Can you get a little specific? Yes. What happened? So, uh, the, so the last few days of December, I started to notice a leak in my ceiling and I reach out to my landlady. I'm like, look, the ceiling is going to collapse. I don't know when, but it's gonna, it's gonna collapse. And she's like, kind of like, oh, well, we can't do anything. The holiday's coming up. January 2nd, I believe, that ceiling fell. I had a big hole in my ceiling. And it was a regular like day. I'm getting my son ready for, for school. And it was like, okay, whew, it's just going to be one of these days. <laughs> you know, I, that night when I got home, my car died. Uh, we got slammed with a, a, a snowstorm where they shut down the bridges and everything, but I still went to work. When I came back from work, I had gotten really sick and a fever. Mm. And, you know, I was working while I was having this fever. And while I was at work, I was just like, okay, something big is about to happen. Like I'm about to go through a really huge transformation. I just got to remain calm and it's, it, this is going to be a change. <laughs> you know, and I, it definitely helped me. And then that was like Thursday when I had gotten sick. And then Friday I went in and out of nowhere, they just let me go without reason or cause, no write-ups, no verbal warnings, no written warnings, nothing. They were just like, it's not working out. And I'm like, what's not working out? <laughs> you know? Wow. So I, now I'm, hmm? no, I was just gonna say now I was put in a place that was just, it just happened. I had to, I had to work through it but how I worked through it was the important thing. Right. So that's kind of what I want to just really articulate name here. Had this been a few years ago and these things would have happened to you, mm. how, how would you have responded? Can you like kind of just code red? If this, if this would have happened to me years ago, um, I would have gotten to a really deep depression. Mm. I would have felt lot like, like there's no, light at the end of the tunnel. Like I, I, yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been calm. Wow. Which, I, which is key. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the, you know, in a lot of the spiritual context, it's, it's really about the, so like life is happening for you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And even the challenges and even the hardships, there's like a bigger purpose for it. And, um, if, if we have grown up again in a world where there was chaos around us and what got us to survive was what we did, we kind of believe that we need to be in control all the time. 
And look, that worked. That like worked when you were in that situation in that space, right? But now you're living in this other kind of, your soul is saying, okay, I'm ready to move on from that where I don't, I'm, I'm capable of doing a lot, but I don't want to do a lot. Mm -hmm. I actually want to be held and I want to be supported. And, um, and to me, this is being coming into the feminine energy that I'm capable. I could do everything is very masculine. Like I'm a hero. I got it all handle. I can do it to like saying the process is important. The journey of, of doing it with love and support and not saying that it's going to be easy. I will never tell you it's going to be easy. And one of the things we have to accept is that life is hard. It is challenging. And, but if we have awareness and support and we're willing to step into this place of, of non-resistance and really accepting of, of life. So it's like we're a co-creator, but then there's some things that life will throw at us that we actually don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and um, again, you know, how informed, how aware, how supported we are help us to move through those with grace and without prolonging the suffering, the resistance prolongs thing because the truth is everything must die to be reborn. We're mm -hmm. constantly dying and we're constantly being reborn. And I think that's one of the biggest pain points is that we don't, we, most of us have not been told, told or how to, how to let things die. We've not been taught how to grieve and let things go. Mm -hmm. And if you can't let things go, it's actually very hard to have a, like a true fresh start and, and really move on because that story and that wounding is always going to be with you. And it actually clouds the way that you look at life. <clears throat> you know, I did an interview with somebody about Mary Magdalene from the Bible and it was talking, you know, I shared about how she called me to her cave in France. Mm -hmm. Christian, right. Mm -hmm. But, um, during Jesus's death and rebirth, you know, um, when she went, she had so much love and devotion for him. And when she went to the cave to do the rites of death, to do the ritual of death, because of her love and her devotion, she got to the cave, a very dark cave. And he wasn't there. And she fell, fell into deep grief. Right? And, and a lot of us have been there in that darkness. And, and we've been told to be afraid of it. We've been told that it's, it's, we can get swallowed in it. Mm -hmm. And if we're, if we're constantly, like if we're not, we don't allow ourselves to fully grieve. So in her situation, she had these angels whisper to her and, and they helped her to, to let go of the heaviness in her heart of grieving. And it was because of her listening to the whispers of her angels, she saw Jesus resurrect. It was her that saw Jesus resurrect. It was her that brought, brought Jesus back into all these people, you know, to cultivate faith. And, and that became her path of being a teacher, of, you know, and, and I really think that's such a metaphor for all of us, you know, and, and it's not like trying to make you Christian or anything, but it's a metaphor of we all have gone through loss. We have all gone through loss, whether it's a death or where it's death of our essence, which most of us have gone through. Mm -hmm. And if we don't fully grieve it, if we don't face that pain, if we don't actually look at our wounds, we will constantly be in the dark cave. But if we go there, if we actually go there, then we can see the resurrection of who we are meant to be. Why did this happen to us? 
and, and suddenly it guides us on our path in a much more profound way. And so I just really want to name this because I, I think a lot of us are, are in perpetual grief and have never actually, um, and so we are operating from, we are operating in the world from <clears throat> our wounding and we're not able to move past it. So if you were rejected when you were little, or if you were bullied when you were little, or if you were, whatever is your story, the way to move beyond it is actually through it mm -hmm. <laughs> by avoiding it. So, which kind of gets me to this um, next aspect of kind of where you are in your journey. So you lost this other job and then um, you were unemployed for like eight or nine months. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And when we reconnected, um, I, I was thinking about creating a program and I like wanted to reach out to you. You were the first person I reached out to hmm. the day of. <laughs> oh, and tell me, tell me, tell me the suggestion that I made that you took and that you did. Um, which one you've told me many and I've done them. <laughs> well, the one that you reflected yes. back to me was I told you to write out a hundred gratitudes, I believe. Oh yes. 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 Um, he said, pray, write down a hundred things that I was grateful for, um, which was not as easy as I thought. <laughs> I mean, the first few was like, oh, this, 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 this. And then it was like, oh, <laughs> you know, um, it definitely, I, I wasn't in an, like, in an uproar or anything, but it, I definitely felt a lot calmer mm -hmm. after writing that. And then I started doing the program with you and, um, it definitely like, it, it helps so much, even though I already had tools that I was applying, it, it was having people support me. Like the group was, uh, you know, hearing everybody else's story and knowing, just knowing that I'm not alone, mm -hmm. not the only one. Um, and a lot of really great things happened in being unemployed for eight months, <laughs> you know, I ended up, yeah, I, 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 well, I ended up taking a trip to go see my dad. Um, and on that trip, like meeting my favorite band again and, you know, uh, being able to promote the company that I do more. Um, and then a month after that, I went on a quick little tour with one of the bands I work with and then going to Arizona for a week and being mentored by millionaires on how to do, um, uh, it, like increase your business on social media to going to Australia in June to, you know, it was like back to back to back, still doing things. I'm not working. <laughs> you know, so most people in this situation, especially when you're a single parent, not getting, you know, child support, not getting alimony or child support, doing everything on my own, paying for everything on my own. Um, it could be a really scary place because it's not the norm. Absolutely. The norm is you get up, you go to work, you, you, you make sure that you have that, uh, financial stability, you know, and, and you have that even though you're stressed out, you still have that comfort in, okay, well, I'm getting a paycheck at the end of the week or I'm getting this at the, in two weeks or whatever. Um, to being in a space where it's like, all right, I don't know when this is going to happen or when that's going to happen or when I'm going to get this or when I'm going to get that. And like, 
every so often, and I'm not saying that I just gracefully went through everything. There were moments where I was like, okay, when, <laughs> when is this going to happen? And then reminding myself of trust the process, you know, no need to worry. Things are always going to work itself out. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of those days was, um, 4th of July. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy the holiday with my best friend. And, uh, I was sitting on the beach with her and I was like, yeah, I don't know how, how any of this is going to work out. I just trust that it's going to work out. And when we got back to the hotel room, I had gotten this like huge order from Germany where it was like, Oh, I could pay rent. <laughs> you know, I could pay my bills. Yes. Yeah. It was like this crazy order that I had never gotten before. Usually it's like a one, one shirt, two shirts, three shirts, but this was like a huge order. And I was like, you know, see, this is what I mean. Like it just got to relax, got to chill. Yes. yes. And it's so hard for people to rest. Mm-hmm. Relax. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, especially again, like people who are very self-sufficient. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually hardest for people who are self-sufficient to relax and allow for things to kind of come to them and to receive, but it is actually, it's a spiritual law called the law of least effort, which is a little, little receive a lot, eventually do nothing and receive everything. And it's a muscle. I've been practicing this thing for years. I, you, like, I still go into that space. But what I do want to say to you is that when we reconnected, um, you were at this eight, nine month mark where you were not working and I was blown away. <laughs> at your like you know level of peace because I mean I live like this and I've been working on it you know um and my hope is always to share with other people <laughs> about this but there's few people who actually like use the practices and the tools and imbo- and like embody this um and I you know, but I am fortunate to have clients who do and the ones who use the tools, who actually do the inner work, who do the meditations, who do the gratitudes, who do the prayer, give themselves rest, even when it's like their, their inner critic is raging at them not to have positive experiences like this. And I remember you saying to me like, yeah, nothing's come through, but I'm not worried about it. And like within a week, you had two job offers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then it was you like, were, you were, and you were in a place of choice instead of desperation like that was yes (laughs) like I really 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 like was like yes you know I'm not bullshitting there is truth to it (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was just like oh okay I got these two job offers I just don't know which one to pick and then you know ended up picking one um and now I work at Amazon and and it it's been great you know, it's been great. Um, excuse me. One of the things I've always wanted to do is travel, um, and, and pretty much travel with whatever work I'm doing. And now that's possible. Hasn't happened yet, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it will. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And so I kind of want to just end with one, one more story and then kind of just wrap up here. Recently, you posted something on Facebook about your grandmother and about mm-hmm. how, um, like, it was her death anniversary, and you were like really, really missing her, and you were kind of having. I think you used the word toxic emotions around it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I um, we all have our days. <laughs> we all have our days. Um, 
And uh, actually, my the anniversary of my grandfather's death was coming up. I haven't really thought about my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just feeling really like out of sorts and just really like in my heart, just feeling like bad. I don't know why. Um, all I knew was that I just wanted to release it, just like not feel it anymore. And, um, at work we have metal detectors and that we have to go through when we leave the building all the time or, or go to the break room. And, um, I had meditated for about 20 minutes and I just like took a deep breath and I was like, you know what, just give me a sign or something just so I could just release this. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I don't, I mean, I don't know if you can see it, but these are the rings that I normally wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because my job's so physical and I have to use my hands, I put it on my necklace now. Okay. So it's a uh, owl ring, my goddess pendant and an onyx. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so like, I'm always taking this off now <laughs> and I put everything on the, on, on the table and I'm about to take my necklace off. And then the security guard, this lady, she was just like, no, 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 don't take that off. I know how your grandmother, you like to keep that on. Your grandmother's watching over you. And I was just like, what? <laughs> excuse me? And she's like, yeah, don't, don't take it off. Cause I know your grandma's watching over you. And I was just like, okay. And like, I knew like right instantly it was like, okay. Wow. Um, um, everything is good. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and the response of that, people were like, I'm crying. Like, yes. I was like so emotionally moved by that. And, and I was like, Oh my God, I'm so proud of like who you've become <laughs> because there was a time where like, when, when this, he- the heaviness of, of, of the things used to come up, like, like meditating, like Dagna would fall asleep. <laughs> it was just, it was, and it's not her fault. It was that, you know, the thing is that when we have open hearts, really open hearts, people have depression. It's because they love so deeply. It's not a negative thing. It's actually like this, this, um, it's so, it's so beautiful to love and care so deeply. And, and there's so many people walking around with closed hearts and that's not what we need in the world. But what we do need is to be able to, and people who are very sensitive or empathic, who've gone through a great deal of loss. My intention is to support people like you to have the skills and the tools to be able to navigate through that without shutting your heart down. And so asking and praying is one of the tools and meditating you know so that you can just raise your vibration to get into a place of stillness and it doesn't have to be hard it could just be taking in a few deep breaths that's all it is is but it's learning to soothe yourself because if we give all the power to our mind it just goes into this big spiral and then we, we just keep replaying the same experience over and over and over, hoping for a different, different outcome. outcome. Yeah. And the theme here is taking space and asking for what you want. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the theme here. That's what it is. And, and then the other thing is every time you asked for something, somebody showed up, something showed up, right? You were having a hard day at work. Hey, Dang, let's go get a drink. Yes. <laughs> you were having a hard time grieving your grandmother, and then suddenly the security guard, it's actually, there's a thing that's called an Upa Guru, which is basically like, it's, it's almost like the souls of the one you love, the guru, yeah. um, 
comes into a person who's considered an open vessel to deliver a message to you. Mm-hmm. And, and then the person goes back to being a normal security guard. <laughs> That's why yeah. I'm so <laughs> I've had so many, I mean, you know this, I have had so many signs and things that have happened that um, most people, they could have, they would have those same things happen to them, but they just, they're just not aware. And they ignore it. They They ignore it. Or they, you know, and um, what's made you trust those signs? Um, You know, it's funny is that every time I find something a little weird or odd is reminding myself, like, this is a sign. This is a message. <laughs> uh, it, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's just, have, I mean, have you always been like that? Um, when I was younger, I would have a lot of things that would happen and I got scared. I scared myself and kind of just wanted to not deal with it, you know, push it away. I, cause I didn't understand it. I was a kid. Right. <laughs> it wasn't until four years ago where it was like, Oh, this all makes sense now. Yes. Yes. You know, I was, I was very, very intuitive and, and noticing signs and getting messages and all of that, you know, like I could close my eyes and feel somebody's presence there. And if I ask, okay, who is it? I'll smell who it is mm-hmm. and know, you know, that's like a whole nother level type stuff where a lot of people get those things too. Where There's they'll... so many people that do, and I can totally relate and resonate to what mm-hmm. you're saying of like being scared of it. Mm-hmm. That was me too. That was to mm-hmm. me too. And even recently, like <clears throat> being able to learn how to work with that because <clears throat> if you're if you're not kind of supported and in that, then um, it takes over your life, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to you're in control of everything. You are, you're not, you know, you're not in control of outcomes and what happens to life, but you are so in control of your own energy and your own space and how you respond to things. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it's a matter of being able to reclaim that. Mm-hmm. And again, like you were saying, like being in community with other people, knowing that you're not alone in it. And then learning the tools and strategies to accommodate who you are as opposed to trying to change yourself to fit into a broken system. Mm-hmm. You know? And we can go into this whole entire thing. Even oh, yeah. Having autism and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I think we've given a lot of oh, yeah. information around this. Um, and I need to write a book. <laughs> I totally need to. And... Um, I guess the last question that I want to ask you is that, you know, you're stepping into to the dream catcher program again. We've talked about the mother wound. We've talked about kind of some of the, as much work as we've done, there's still some, some things to right you know, to work on, to go deeper. Um, because again, it's a spiral. It's a spiral. <laughs> and, um, and you, you, you always come in for the support, you know, like you give that to yourself. And I want to ask you what, why? Why do you allow yourself to do this deep work that's not as hard? Uh, I, I think it's because, like I said, we, we come into this world and we become, we become programmed. Mm-hmm. And then there comes a time where it's like, you're not happy and you know you're not happy, but it's, you don't know, you're not aware that there is a process that you have to take and you have to do all of this work and it's not going to be easy. And some people are still scared. They don't want to do the work. Uh, some people just go for it. 
like myself and, and kind of just threw caution to the wind and trust the process. Um, and it's always knowing your worth. A lot of people don't feel like they're worthy of, of healing mm. or working on themselves or getting to the place where they know they should be at, mm -hmm. okay. you know, and it's just really, really loving and embracing yourself. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's a lot of people that you could work with in, in mm -hmm. work. So, I, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I just, this is even for my own feedback of like, why, why do you keep stepping into the, the offers that I, that I give? Um, I've always been good at reading people's energy. I just connected with you. Mm -hmm. um, and you've taught me so many things that helped me and allowed me to like step into another space and that was safe and grow. Mm. Um, so it was just the connection. I, we, we connected like the first day we met. <laughs> so you're trusting your resonance. Trust, you're, mm -hmm. trusting, you're trusting mm -hmm. it. Even if financials or time mm -hmm. or other things maybe don't feel like they work, but you're, that's also that constant theme of like, this doesn't resonate, this does resonate. And you're mm -hmm. like, that's where the self-worth piece comes from of like honoring and respecting that, not knowing what that's going to lead to. Mm -hmm. And we always have fun too though. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we do deep work, but it's, there's, I'm always like, I remember we had this really deep process. We went on a retreat in Columbia, South America. And then right after that we went, um, uh, zip lining. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like we have to balance it out. It can't just be deep work. Like, yes, maybe you'll cry, but I don't want to keep you crying. Like, I want you to laugh and dance too, because that's actually what I you, have. You remember I got scared and then it started to rain, and you're like, Are you doing this? And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me a second. Hours is that she affects weather. Um, <laughs> and we all have, we all have some. So that's, that's the other thing is that a lot of us are afraid of our own power and that's one of the reasons why we hide it. So part of this journey also is being able to help you to be okay with your own power, to be able to hold it. And that comes with from breaking away from the stories and the wounds and maybe people who have um, given you an experience where you thought it was unsafe for you to be in your power. Mm -hmm. So... But thank you, Dakna. This was this was Sorry. fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we 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 could keep going. <laughs> uh, but I really hope that if you listen to this and you can resonate and you can relate to this journey, I just I hope this helps you. I hope it paints a picture for you of what this journey is like, mm -hmm. um, what working with me is like, and what what does it mean to actually co-create your life and to enjoy the process and enjoy the journey and trust the subtle and trust the unknown, um, to take time for your, yourself to reflect, to listen to your soul and to take mm -hmm. action, you know, mm -hmm. what action is um, forcing and pushing yourself versus what's like a guided action that might stretch you. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is a formal invitation. If, again, if you resonate, I'd love to have you in our next um, program, Dreamcatcher. I'll I'll put a link for the invitation below. And then Dagna, I just want to, is there anything you want to like leave people with any, any last words? No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure at all. Um, I, I think that uh, if, I think that doing the dream catcher program is going to be very, very helpful and useful. Um, every program that I've done with you has helped me to be where I am today. And I'm, I'm fine. I'm happy. I'm, children going with the flow of things you know mm, beautiful thank you so much
Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Love you. Love you too. <laughs> okay. This is a